This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So today as I was um, decided to take off for a couple of hours after work today, and I was going to just kind of get some prayer in about tonight and, and just kind of um, take a quick nap. Um, so... During my lunch today, I said, you know, I'm not going to eat today. I'm just going to pray today. And so as I was praying, a few minutes into prayer, just in my spirit, man, I kept hearing um, my son's name. And I saw a vehicle. And I was like, what's this about? So I just kept on praying. And it just kept coming more and more. It just kept coming up. And like 10 minutes after that, um, my son calls me. He said uh, he was on the side of the road and his car had broke down. And so uh, I go and meet him. Come to find out the cable was loose and uh, he thought the car was leaking, but it was actually the condensation coming from the bottom of the car. And so we brought the car home and we worked on it and we fixed it. But it's God's faithfulness. So in prayer... I'm praying about this service, but God's concerned about my son. Just the faithfulness of the Father. It's the small things that matter. Things like that makes me want to run to him all the time. But it's not about those things that he does for me. It's just, I know where I I was, and I know where I'm headed. His faithfulness. He's so faithful. He's faithful when we're not faithful. Thank you, Father. Faithful Savior. told myself I wasn't going to be long. Um, The last time I spoke, I went 15 minutes over. And I was telling my wife, I was like, babe, give me a sign. Because the clock is small and I always see Pastor Gavin doing this. I was like, I'm not doing that. So wave your hand or something, give me a sign. Um, I want to be cognitive of your time. You know, I worked today. You guys have worked. And I want to be respectful of that. Um, the last two weeks, you know, Pastor Kathy has talked about faith. And then she also talked about last week the power of our thought life. The Bible talks about without faith, it's impossible to please Him and to just so walk by faith. And our power of our thought life, um, the Bible says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So those two things that Pastor Kathy talked about last week is kind of, kind of tie into what I want to share today with the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. I mean, when I got the call from Pastor Kathy about teaching, 
I prayed and uh, asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to, to give? And he gave me something. I started typing everything down. I started writing it out. And last night, there was a shift. So I was up last night to about one, you know, just preparing this message. Um, just following my heart. So I believe this message is going to bless you. As she was talking about the power of your thought life, I was thinking about that. We become what we think about. We become what we think about. And if we change our thoughts, we change our life. So what are you thinking about? What are you, where's your focus? When you stop chasing the wrong things, you give the right things a chance to catch up. Start chasing the right things. One thing I've, <clears throat> I've learned is that Jesus never built buildings. There's no building Jesus ever built. He built people. He built people. In our culture, we all about building buildings and doing, you know, doing these certain things. Jesus never built a building. He built people. And that's what we should be doing, building people. And so that's what I'm kind of going to talk about tonight is what are we doing? What are we doing to build people? What are we doing to, to influence our, our environments? our situation, our circumstances. What are we doing? What we focus on determines the direction we go in. Jesus didn't come to make bad people. He came to make dead people alive. Come on. Come on. Come on. Good word. Baba says that Jesus came to give us abundant life. Abundant life. Abundant life. So the scripture that's going to key into my topic tonight is coming from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And she should put it on the screen. <clears throat> and it reads, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, means you're a reflector. Jesus is the source of light, and we are the reflector of light, of his light. A city is set on a hill, cannot be hidden, nor did they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We 
We're supposed to shine for him just as the moon reflects the glory of the sun. And so my topic tonight, what I want to talk about is shine your light. Shine your light. We weren't made to fit in. We were born to stand out. We were born to stand out. And I've said this before, if we look like the world, how can we influence the world? There should be something different in us that people see, that they want more of what we have. There should be something that's radiating off of us that people see it. Like there's something about that person. What are they doing? I need to rub elbows with them. I like what Pastor Gavin said uh, on Sunday. He said, everybody loves Jesus, but not everybody wants to live for Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus, but nobody wants to follow him. Share our light. So my prop tonight, I'm going to use this. My hand I have here is a flashlight. I have a flashlight. So right now it's useless because it's not on. It's just a flashlight got in my hand. And that's some believers. Church, I'm not pointing a finger. Just hear my heart. Just hear my heart. So there's a flashlight I have here. But if I turn it on, it's, it does what it's created to do. There's darkness around. This, this is what this flashlight's for. That's what this flashlight's for. But if it's off, what's the point of this flashlight? And that's how some believers are. We go through life. We go through our, our day. And we're walking. And it's dark. We're not being an influence. We're not affecting our environment. We're not affecting our workplace. Our situations are dominating us. Our circumstances are dominating us. Instead of us dominating our circumstances. We're not bringing light to those around us. Where you're at is a reason why Jesus have you there. It's not because you want to be there. It's because he wants you there so you can bring in, in, an influence to that environment. You can bring joy to the environment. You can bring peace to the environment. You can bring happiness to the environment. Your light should always be on. But yet we walk around with the flashlight. It's not even on. Shine your light. Shine your light. So the two topics I want to cover quickly is the first one is you are the salt of the earth. It means we are the elite ones. We set the standards. And there's three points that comes to this. You are the salt of the earth. The first one is salt promotes thirst. Salt promotes thirst. Over in Matthew 5, 6, it says, 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There should be a hunger and a thirst in us so we can influence our environment. I remember when uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I remember, you know, going to the Word of Faith Church. And my, I grew up Baptist and my family was still Baptist. And my sister, I began to share with her some things, you know, what I've learned and what I experienced and stuff like that. And that be, stuff began to rise up in her. She was beginning to want more of what I, was, what I was getting. And one day she came to visit. She came to Virginia and visit. And this was at the church we used to go to. And uh, the pastor, was, he had just finished and he was ministering to people. And my sister went up for prayer. And as the pastor was praying for people, he came in front of my sister and he's like, he stood there for a minute and he said, I'll be back. And then he started praying for other people. And then he came back to her and he stood in front of her and he began to pray for her and he told her to lift her hands and he told her to open her mouth and she got filled with the spirit and she fell over. <laughs> Remember, she's a Baptist. This is all new to her. Yeah. <laughs> all new to her. And she came to, I mean, she was down there for a while, and she came to, and uh, there was something different in her. There was something different. And it was because I was able to shine my light. My light was on. I was sharing with her what I've learned, what I've experienced. And by her hearing that, she was wanting more. She was beginning to get thirsty. And then she goes back home and she started looking for a spirit-filled church. And she got in a spirit-filled church. And then she began to share with my mom and dad what she learned. And she began to share with her friends. So you never know why you're in this, where you're at. There could be somebody that you're supposed to minister to. There's somebody that you're supposed to give a word to. There's somebody you're supposed to pray for. People are praying for what we take for granted. We should make those around us thirsty for the living water of Jesus Christ. People should say, there's something about you that creates a a thirst in me for more. I want more. And I've said this before. Your life as a believer should make non-believers question their belief in God. Another example is just sharing my light. Remember, what I'm talking about now is salt promotes thirst. There's a guy, um, his name was Gordon. I haven't spoken with him in a while, but every Monday, we used to have these men's meetings at my church. And every Monday, I would, you know, invite him, invite him, hey, you want to go to church? There's a men's meeting tonight. And he wasn't, he was living in the world, and his Fiance, she had uh, cerebral palsy. 
And uh, I used to go to the house, and sometimes he would be there. He'll go up to the store, and I get frustrated. Man, I'm like, Lord, I'm going, I'm ministering to this guy, I'm taking him to church, but it's always seemed like it's inconvenient. But everything we do for Christ is never convenient. So I, I go there and I pick him up. We go to, to the men sing and he would come sometimes. Sometimes he wouldn't come. But he, then suddenly he started coming. He would get in a car and he'll be reeking of marijuana. But, you know, I put all that stuff aside because I once was there. I once was there. But I was there to be a light. I was there to share my light, even though what you're going through, even though what you're facing, there's another high that I want you to experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to always give him rides to church. And then eventually he started coming regularly. And then his wife started coming. They started coming on Sunday. Just sharing my light. Just talking to him about Jesus. Share my heart. Just sharing my heart. It's a thirst. I have a hunger for the things of God. I want to see God's people free. I want to see God's people living in victory. The price has already been paid. We just have to walk it out. We have to walk it out. We shouldn't just be hearers only. We need to be doers. Doers of the word. What are we doing? Are we being doers of the word? My second point is salt preserves. Mark 9.50 says, Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. I remember one day I was in, um, in a store and I was in, a, in line. And it was a long line and um, this lady that was in front of me, she was tired of waiting. She was like, you know, the cashier, she's slow. She's taking her time or whatever. And she was in a hurry, I could tell. And she was just flat out rude to the, to the cashier. And my heart was hurting because of how she treated the cashier. And so when it was my time to check out, my stuff is on the conveyor belt. And I go up to the cashier and I say, ma'am, I'm sorry for the way that lady treated you. She should not have treated you that way. And I begin to tell her, hey, I'm sorry. Is there anything that I can do for you? Just share my light. Just being salt. You have to protect those. Protect those. God's sheep. They might not be following Christ right now, but you never know. Some plants, some water, but God gives the increase. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. We're lights. Last week, um, I took my daughter to gymnastics. I came back, and right across the street, I hadn't seen my neighbors in in a while, and it was uh, because of COVID and everything. They're an older couple. And uh, I went across the street after I dropped my daughter off. I was like, I'm just going to go over and just speak to them, say hi, whatever, and see how they're doing, catch up. And, uh, and this was probably four, 440. 
And uh, my wife pulls out the driveway. She's going to go to the gym. She goes to the gym from 5.30 to 6.30. And I'm still out there talking to the people. And she comes back, and I'm still outside talking to the neighbors. And so she didn't want to be rude, so she pulls in the, in the garage, and then she comes across the street. And we're out there for another hour talking to the neighbors. So I was out there for three hours standing talking to my neighbors. Three hours. In flip-flops, and my, my back was killing me after I was done. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I thank you that you're going to heal my back. <laughs> but um, I was out there for three hours just talking to them, just ministering to them. They were, I was just sharing the word with them. I was just talking about the goodness of God, and, and there was a hunger in them. The wife, she began to just, uh, she was sit down, and she began to sit up like this on the, on the chair, just just eating, just eating from the word. I mean, she was just hunger. There was a hunger in her that she was wanting more. I couldn't even leave because I just kept speaking. The Holy Spirit was giving me stuff. And I was just sharing with them. Just being a light. Being a light. One thing is we never know what people are going through. You know, on the outside, they might look like they got it all together. But on the inside, they're a wreck. Shine your light. My third point from you are the salt of the earth is salt heals. Salt heals. So I talked about salt promotes thirst, salt preserves, and then salt heals. There's two people that I'm, I'm uh, mentoring right now. Two guys. They're both going through divorce. One, he's on the verge of their almost almost finalized their divorce and the, the other guy they've been separated since uh, Thanksgiving his wife's moved out and they got six kids together but they're all older kids and I'm just ministering to these guys one he's been married for 24 years and the other one was um, I think 12 years or something like that and they got a 12 year old daughter I think but I mentioned to both of these guys you know just send them encouraging words and just keeping their spirits lifted up as the Holy Spirit gives me stuff in prayer. And I'm just sharing my light. You know, I don't have the words to say. I don't know why their marriage fell. But just share my light. Just tell them the goodness of God. The goodness. The goodness. But they're both hurting. Matter of fact, I'm meeting with one of the guys tomorrow. Just, just being a light. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We can do something. Um, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, I had surgery. And uh, <clears throat> as I'm waiting to go back to the operating room, uh, a nurse came in. And as the nurse came in, she was an older nurse. And as she came in, I can, t- I can sense in my spirit, man, that something um, was troubling her. And so as I began to talk to her, she was telling me that I went in for surgery that Friday. And she was telling me that on Tuesday, she's getting ready to, she, uh, she's going to the dentist. And she has to have some work done in her mouth. But she was nervous about the procedure. And so I began to share with her, you know, about fear. And I just began to just encourage her. And the words out of her mouth, she said, God always send me to the right people. 
I didn't do anything special. I just was led by the Spirit, and I just began to speak life. So began to share my heart. God's faithfulness. We're lights. So my next point is, um, you are the light of the world. So we talked about you are the salt of the world. Now we're talking about you are the light of the world. And my first point is light influences. Light influences. Have you ever been around someone that's, uh, a lot of times we don't have to say something, just our presence alone is enough. I can be around somebody and they'll use foul language and then first thing they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Have you guys ever been around somebody like that? It's not because I'm special or anything like that. No, it's what I carry. What I carry. The scripture says in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We should be reflecting that in society. Remember one day uh, I uh, <clears throat> was purchasing some, some items. Uh, I was at work. And uh, as I purchased my items, I go back up to my office and I look at the money I got and I started to put it away. But I realized, hey, she gave me too much money. Gave me too much money back. And so I was telling my coworkers, it's like, oh man, you came up or whatever. I was like, no, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> and so I took the money and I went back downstairs and I gave the cashier the money that she gave me. She gave me too much. And I gave it back to her because I know at the end of the day when she's counting her register, yeah. she's going to be short. Yeah. And it's going to come out of her paycheck. But how many yeah. believers, so to speak, we would have kept that money. But my heart was, hey, do the right thing. Regardless of who's watching, regardless of circumstance, I'm going to do what's right. Even though when everybody else does wrong, I'm going to do right. So I took her back the money. You should have saw her face. You should have saw her face. She was shocked. She's like, really? You you brought this back? You know, normally people just would have kept it. But we're supposed to be different than the world. Remember I said, how can you influence the world if you look like the world? Um, Point two is light permeates. It means it spreads throughout. I can be in a house and my wife can put on a, I like pot roast. I can be working downstairs in in my base in my office and I smell a pot roast. Just just the aroma of it. I smell it. And that's how we should be. It's just our aroma, our, our, our light. It should permeate our environment. It should permeate our workforce. I mean, our work space. It should permeate our family. It should permeate our homes. The light. Shine your light. That's my topic. Shine your light. Permeate. Keep your eyes on the purposes of God. When you keep your eyes on the purposes of God, even though 
trials and tribulation will come, but it cannot stand. It cannot stand. In South Carolina, when I was uh, living there, there was a guy uh, that worked for me. And he wasn't in church or anything like that. And and I began to just share, you know, just how good God is and and uh, share my testimony with him. And I invited him to church. And he was like, OK. Uh. Then eventually I just kept, you know, just talking to him, dropping little seeds here and there. And eventually he, he came. Him and his wife came. And they started coming regularly, started coming. And then after he's coming, he's getting fed the word. He began to invite other co-workers and they start coming and I would look up and I see him coming in with two or three guys with him and his wife just shining my light being an example that's what you're supposed to do in your workplace who are you inviting to church who are you speaking to who are you ministering to are you talking to your neighbors shine your light Scripture here is Matthew 6, 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Shine your light. And my last point here, and you are the light of the world, is light reflects. Light reflects. I know I shared this before, is when we're out in town about, when we're getting out, my daughter, I always open the door for my wife, because she's my queen. Um... But because of my light, my reflection, my daughter beats me to the car so she can open the door for my wife. It's almost like we're racing to get to the door to see who's going to be the first one to open the door. But I'm showing her this is how you're supposed to be treated. This is how a man is supposed to treat you. Christ would never do anything to the church. We're supposed to love our our, our wife as Christ loves the church. I don't always get it right. I'm sure I make mistakes. I get on the nerves. Uh, but I'm striving, you know. I'm yeah. trying to do better than what I did yesterday. Yeah. I remember when we was in San Diego, we was, uh, <clears throat> uh, we was living there. And I wasn't fully living for Christ. But there was a hunger inside of me that I knew what he had did for me, that what he had brought me out of. And I know she know where I'm going with this, but as we're living in San Diego, kids used to come to the door and knock on the door. And our son was, uh, I'm not sure how old he was at the time, five. He was five at the time. So the kids in the neighborhood, they wouldn't come to see our five-year-old son the kids will come and ask my wife, can Kevin come out and play? 
they would ask if I can come out and play because there was something in me that they saw, that they were drawn to. Like I said, I wasn't fully living for Christ, but it was something on the inside that they were drawn to. Are people drawn to you? There's a song we sing. And that song is, How Great Is Our God. Sing with me, How Great Is Our God. How great is our God. Sing with me, How Great Is Our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. How are people going to see how great our God is if we're not living the life that we're supposed to live? How are people going to see that? We come in church on Sunday. We get the goosebumps. We sing and shout and praise. And then Monday through Saturday, we live like the world. Like nothing ever happened on Sunday. We don't carry what we received on Sunday out into Monday through Saturday. We look just like the world. There's no difference in us and the world. Sundays we come in, we get fed. It's almost like your vehicle. You go and get gas. You drive another 300-some miles. And then you go back when you're empty. On church on Sundays, we come in church. We come in here, we get fed, we get filled up, and then we go out and we're supposed to deposit ourselves from Monday to Saturday. But we forget. We forget what took place on Sunday. And we live like the world Monday through Saturday. And we're not influencing. We're not shining. Our lights are off. The light is off. A couple of weeks ago, we was, probably three weeks ago, we was on our way home down Prince William Parkway. I'm going to finish this right here. We was driving down Prince William Parkway, and traffic was backed up, and there was a truck in the, in the lane headed towards Woodbridge. And uh, his hood was up, and there was cars, you know, backed up, and there was cars going around him. And he's facing this way. And so I see him, and I'm getting ready to, to turn off to the right. But I see him, so what I did, and my wife is looking like, oh, I know you're not. <laughs> and so anytime I see somebody on the side of the road, I, I have to stop. Aww. I always stop. But I see him, and he's got his hood up, and nobody's stopping. And so I go, and I do a U-turn, and I come, and I'm facing traffic. Traffic's coming this way, and I'm facing traffic this way, and I park right in front of his truck. And I was like, uh... You need a jump? And he's like, yeah, I need a jump. He's like, um, you know, nobody's helped him. You know, he's I hit the, the middle of the lane. You know, the lights, green, red, people, cars are going right past him. Nobody's stopping. Nobody's stopping. And so I just pull over and I give him a jump. Just shine my light. Sometimes I don't have to say anything. I don't have to tell him, you know, that God loves him or speak anything about the kingdom. That's so good. Just shine, shine my light. Just do something good. Just do something good. People see that. A lot of times we don't have to say a word. Just my actions. My wife's biggest thing is don't tell her, show her. She wants me to show her that I love her. 
I don't have to give her flowers or candy or card. Show her. Show me that you love me. All right. There's a video I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to end on this video. So this video, matter of fact, I'll just talk about it at the end. It's a five-minute video. It's five minutes and 38 seconds. Just watch this video real quick. Remember, shine your light. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, He answered me very clearly through John chapter 9. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. (laughs) And no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on, and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, Jesus said, it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? In front of everyone, she came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, No one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it. It changed my life. At that moment, I knew God was ministering to her through me. It's not by my speech or my power. It was God. And my heart was ignited with a passion. And it was an awesome day to see one soul transformed forever. That was when I knew I was called to be a worldwide evangelist. In the first seven years of ministry, God opened up doors for me to speak 2,000 times across 44 countries on six continents from university campuses, 40,000 students in China, to India, where we're talking to sex slaves, to crowds in the jungle of India, 110,000 people, down to Indonesia and all of Southeast Asia, to speaking at congresses of nations like 
Colombia and Costa Rica, where you see the leaders of that nation commit that country to the Lord Jesus. To Korea and speaking to the next generation about depression and suicide and to Eastern Europe, where we did Serbia, Slovenia and Croatia. Then doors in the Middle East, the message of hope was spread throughout the whole Arab world. That is God. And we know we've just begun. By the grace of God, we have seen face-to-face a half a million souls say yes to Jesus and be plugged into a local church. As crazy as it sounds, our goal at Life Without Limbs Ministry is to preach to every single soul on the planet. 7 billion people. We believe that this goal is possible as the Holy Spirit is gathering an army and building up supporters to send us and accomplish this mission. But this all takes support. And yes, I ask for your prayers. Pray for us. Pray for our board. Pray for our staff and our team. But we could not do this much where we've come this far without the people who financially support us in actively sending us to complete the mission before us. We are praying by faith that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about supporting us and becoming a partner in helping us to accomplish this awesome mission ahead. God is good. And all the time. My story is a story of redemption. Help us share it with the world so that others would be free indeed. So at age nine, uh, after reading about him, I've seen this several times, but at age nine, he tried to take his life because of his situations. But like he said in that video, he read Mark 9 and it changed his life. So what truth have you got a hold of? What's holding you back from ministering? What's holding you back from shining your light? There's nothing holding him back. There's nothing holding Nick back. I mean, he's ministering. He's got a hold of a truth, and he's living in that truth. So my question to you is, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? And whatever your answer is should be your motivation to others. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this night. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for the word that was ministered. I thank you that your people that we leave here encouraged that we leave here as agents of change, that we're able to go out and influence our environments, influence our circumstances, that people see us and they see what heaven is like by our attitudes, by our culture, by our disposition, that we reflect a reflector of who you are. Help us to be salt in the earth. Help us to that our light shine for you. Give us opportunities this rest of this week to shine for you. Give us boldness to speak your word without compromise. 
Thank you, Father, that we are the salt. We are the light. Thank you that we are strong because you are our, our source of strength. And that we can do all things through you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for guiding our steps. Thank you for freedom. And I thank you as we go from here that you that your mighty angels are round about us, protecting us up and down the dangerous highways and byways, that you get us to our destination safely. And I thank you that tonight as we lay our heads down, that we experience your sweet rest, your beloved sleep that you give. I thank you for encounters. I thank you for opportunities this week. Help us to love people the way you love people. Thank you for what you're doing and what you've already done. I bless you and I thank you for every heavenly blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said.